In the Bible days, her last meal almost gone. But God sent Elisha to make his word known. And he said, woman, don't you worry, for God sent me today. And before you even asked him, help was on the way. Just hold on a little longer, help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray. Help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little longer, help is on the way. Troubles of this life come by and burdens get you down. No one is losing, no one around. Just remember what his word says. Trust him and obey. Keep your eyes toward the heavens, cause help is on the way. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray. And help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. Troubles of this life come by and burdens get you down. You think no one is listening. You think no one's around. Just remember what his word says. Trust him and obey. Keep your eyes toward the heavens. Help is on the way. Just hold on a little longer. Help is on the way. A brighter day is coming for those who believe and pray. Help won't help tomorrow if you give up today. Just hold on a little longer, help is on the way, help won't help tomorrow, if you give up today, just hold on a little longer, help is on the way. Got a big hand clap at Brother Looper. Hallelujah. It's good to be in the house of the Lord today.
Amen. I'm so thankful for God's goodness and His mercy, allowing us to come to His house to worship, to praise, and to magnify His wonderful name. We're serving a wonderful God today. Amen. I'm glad that I know Him and the power of the Holy Ghost. How about you? I tell you what, let's just lift our hands toward heaven and give God some praise before we're seated this morning. God, we love you today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness, for your mercy, for your blessings, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your hand of protection about your people. Thank you, Lord, for another opportunity to come to your house to worship, to praise, to magnify, and to lift up your wonderful name. Hallelujah. If you really love the Lord, why don't you give Him a hand clap of praise today? Hallelujah. 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 Lord, bless you. You can be seated for a few moments. It's good to see everyone that is here today. Lord, bless you for coming to the house of God. And uh, pray that everyone had a tremendous thanksgiving. I'm sure that all of us had a lot that we could be thankful for. And so many people today focus upon the things that they don't have instead of the things that we do have. I am thankful for the things that God has blessed me with. I don't feel deprived. I don't feel down and out. I don't feel discouraged. I'm glad that I know the Lord. Amen. God has been good to me. Me and three more feel that way today. And uh, we all... Oh, I'm sure everyone ate just the right amount. Nobody ate too much. Nobody showed any gluttony spirit about them whatsoever. And uh, I tell you what, what, what aggravates me the most is I get full too quick. And then I start trying to hurt myself because it still tastes good. There's just nowhere to put it. And we had such a great time. Thankful for God's protecting hand. We were out at camp. Uh, we were out at my ranch. As Brother Hare puts it, I, I knew I knew the Lord sent him here for a purpose, and uh, that was to uh, just confirm what I've been trying to convince Brother Duplessy of all. <laughs> but no, we had a great time and uh, with the family and, and wonderful, wonderful. But I am glad to be back where there's not so much dust. Man, it is dusty out there. I sneezed and I sneezed and I coughed and I sneezed. And and I'm glad to be back where there's not quite so much dust. We had a wonderful time. Thank God for his hand of protection and bringing us back safe. And good to see all of you here. Looks like some uh, got... They must have ate too much, foundered themselves, not able to get out of bed this morning. Uh, but maybe the Lord will help them be here tonight. Good to see everyone that is here, our guests that are here. We're honored that you come to be here. And Brother John, parents, we're glad to have them here in church this morning. And good to see Sister Connie and her kids here today. Glad that you come to be with us. Good to see uh, Josh was here. And I think he has to bring that boy of his to Sunday school, and uh, glad for that, and it's just good to see everyone that is supposed to be here today, and uh, so glad that you come to be with us in the house of the Lord, and uh, so we're looking forward to what God has in store for us today.
and uh, I know it's kind of uh, a relaxed atmosphere this morning. Everybody kind of laid back and, and uh, just kind of got it on autopilot today. And don't really seem real excited about a lot of things this morning. Just seem kind of like you're tired and and you've had a long week and uh, you're not interested in a long sermon. But Lord, the Lord has ways of changing things. Let's um, let's remember uh, Brother Coon will be here with us next Sunday morning and Sunday night. And also Saturday evening at 4 o'clock, I would like all the ministers that are in the church. Now, this is just for you. We're going to have, we're going to do some eating at our house. But uh, this time it's just for the ministers because Brother Coon will be speaking to us after we eat. And uh, so that will be at 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon, this coming Saturday afternoon at 4 o'clock. And I want you all to be there. And uh, we might we might exclude Brother Brother McDaniel and Brother Duplessis from the meeting. And uh, they probably, they, but, but they, they're going to be at the eating part of it anyway. So, uh, so anyway, y'all just don't have to listen at the uh, advice. And, uh, but if they want to, they can, but I'm sure that uh, they can probably all tell us a little bit themselves. But uh, we're looking forward to that. Then Brother Coon will be here with us preaching Sunday morning and Sunday night. Now, Sunday night, we are just dedicating uh, Sunday night and uh, Monday. We're going to have all the golden eagles out at the house. Monday we'll be cooking gumbo, fish, and that's not tomorrow. That's a week from tomorrow. And uh, that will start at 4 o'clock also. Now, if you can't make it at 4 o'clock, we're going to start feeding at 4 o'clock. So you can come in and, and graze as time passes. So uh, starting at 4 o'clock next Monday, a week from tomorrow. And uh, then Sunday night, next Sunday night, not this Sunday night, but next Sunday night. And uh, I'm trying to make myself very clear because people get confused on these dates. And uh, we're going to have just a... Golden Eagle service. We'll have the uh, the Golden Eagles is going to be singing in the choir, and uh, they're going to be they're already take care of the service, <laughs> and uh, they're going to be doing the special singing. We're going to have a great time. I want all of you to know. Now I know the devil puts all of these little funny ideas and opinions and things in your head that you're all washed up. That Brother Looper don't care about you. He's too concerned about the young people. I feel like the majority of you's pretty much got a lot of things under control. So I don't have to spend as much time on you as I do this younger generation. Thank God for that. There's not enough of me to go around. But I love and appreciate each and every one of you. You are a vital, a very vital part of this church. And don't let the devil tell you any different. do appreciate the uh, ones we have playing the music, and uh, a lot of people is wondering, well, we're going to push the old ones out and bring the new ones in. When the new ones learn how to be as faithful as the old ones, then we might make a change. Thank you. So uh, that is very important. Somebody needs to be dependable. you got to have people you can depend on. Amen. You show up here to church and and uh, 
Oh, Lord, let me get into my sermon. It may not get any better this morning, though, I'll just tell you. So, uh, anyway, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter number 2. And uh, mute this pulpit mic, please, Brother Brawls. Appreciate this, uh, the lesson this morning. Thank you, Brother Brawls, for that. And uh, building upon a firm foundation. And uh, make sure you got the uh, ear mic on, please. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse number 7. We'll be reading 7 through 11. That sounds extremely loud to me. Uh, unto you, therefore, which believe he is precious, but unto them which be disobedient, the stone, that foundation, that stone which the builders disallowed, the same is made the head of the corner. The one that they didn't want anything to do with, Christ Jesus, is made the head of the corner. And a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense, even to them which stumble at the word, being disobedient, whereunto also they were appointed. But ye are now changing to those who did not like it and would not recognize it, to those who are accepting it. But ye are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people, that you should show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Are you glad to be called out of darkness into his marvelous light this morning? Amen. Which in time past were not a people, but are now the people of God, which had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lust, which war against the soul. Lord bless you. You can be seated couple of more of an announcements. Don't forget the class this evening at 5.30. Brother Brawls will be teaching that and uh, development class. And also, if you have gotten any turkeys, please, if you have not paid for them, please do so. We ask in Jesus' name. Pray, uh, pray that people will pay. Pay for your turkeys. You know, I don't know, so you can get by without paying for them, but you know. So pay for the turkeys if you've gotten any. I know some people's called. I've sent them over to the freezer. If anyone needs any turkeys, there's a few more, I think. I haven't checked today, but a few more left in the freezer, and you can take care of that. But please pay for the turkeys. So we have been teaching for the past, um, I think, four Wednesday nights on perfecting holiness in the fear of God. And uh, what I will uh, preach or kind of treat to you this morning is about holiness, about being a peculiar people. A lot of people get peculiar mixed up with being weird. God never called us to be weird. God never called you to be strange. He called you to be strangers and pilgrims in a weird and a perverse world. I did not look at myself as being strange. 
and weird and goofy. A lot of people look at me that way. Um, my children seem to focus on me being that way every once in a while. Uh, how many? How many read the newspaper this morning? Man, I know that I'm getting old because two major things that I crave in the morning is a cup of coffee and time to read the newspaper. I was out this morning at 5.30 or about 5.20 waiting on the paper lady to deliver my paper. And uh, I tell you, it just, I know, I know I'm getting old. I'm running from it. I'm riding my bicycle from it. I'm doing all kinds of things from it. But when I look in the mirror and I see these habits coming about, and uh, I know that I'm, I'm reaching that ripe age, I'm just waiting on that ripe age of success. And, uh, but, but it had a, uh, this is not what I'm going to teach about this morning, but I thought it was kind of interesting. It had uh, the Parade Magazine, which was talking about your teenagers. And if you've got teenagers, you ought to read that. It's kind of interesting. And uh, so it was talking about are they, you know, what really makes them tick and what really makes them, uh, what, what, what makes them go around. Are they really crazy? Have they lost their mind? Or, or is this all normal? And uh, all of the above. And uh, so, so uh, we, were, we were out at the camp uh, last, this past week, and, and uh, Sister Emily and Brother Brad was there with the boys, and they were kind of giving them a hard time. And uh, I mean, Sister Elizabeth, excuse me, I've been calling her Emily all week. And I don't know why I would do that, because she got married and left us. I don't even claim her anymore. But, um, but uh, we, we were out there, and she was uh, wrestling with those boys. And I said, you've got one thing to look forward to. It don't get any better than this, because they become teenagers. And then they get all kinds of wisdom and knowledge and instruction and weird things in their head and thinking strange thoughts and and uh, wanting to do things that would destroy their life. And they said it's very important that parents lead them and guide them and instruct them because parts of their brain on, on uh, thinking about what the consequences are has not developed. That's the reason why they'll get drunk and drive drunk. That's the reason why they make foolish mistakes is because... The part of their brain has not developed that tells them this. there's going to be consequences. I'm, I am sure that some people may be 40 years old, but they're still teenagers. But, but we have been talking. Now, let me get to my message. Uh, <laughs> that was all free. That didn't cost anything. But, but we have been discussing the issue of holiness and the importance of holiness. Holiness starts on the inside, not on the outside. You cannot... You cannot uh, Dress holy on the outside and make the in man, inward person a holy person. It has to be something that is developed from the inside out. God said that I will put my, my word, my commandments, my, my spirit on the inside of their hearts and in their souls and in their spirit that, that the law, what the law could not do, in directing them and guiding them and leading them, the Spirit, the Holy Ghost, that the infilling of Jesus' Spirit on the inside of us has, has led us and guided us and directed us into a life 
of holiness. Now, when we start this journey of holiness, there are things that we abstain from. I will be covering a few of them this morning. The reason why I'm doing this on Sunday morning is because some of you have difficulty in being here on Wednesday night. So, to all of you that, that are here on Wednesday night, some of this will be some of the same thing, but some new things. Now, now in, in, in all reality, we look in and people ask questions. Why do you do such and such? Why do you not do such and such? Have you ever been asked the question, why Why do you not go there? Why do you not do that? Why do you not wear this? Why do you dress that way? Why do you act that way? Why do you not drink this? Why do you not do this? And, and so, so what I'm trying to do in this study is to answer some questions for you where it will not be because the preacher preaches against it, but I have a God-given conviction I know what the Bible says. The Bible says that we are a peculiar people. That we are to show forth the praises of Him who had called us out of darkness into His marvelous light. God loves you too much to leave you in the same hell hole that He picked you up out of. God loves you too much to pick you up and give you a good experience and then throw you back in the pit that he had dug you out of. But God has loved you so much that he wants to clean you up. Amen. To dress you up. To make you a perfect creature where you could show forth the praises of God. And see, we think sometimes about it's all about me. But it's not really about me. It's about him. And showing the praises of him who had called you. And you were not a people, but now are the people of God. And you have now obtained mercy. Dearly beloved, let me remind you. Let me remind you. And if you do not feel this way every once in a while, something is bad wrong with your commitment to God. I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims. When we get to the place where we are comfortable in this world and in this world system, we have failed to abstain from the fleshly lust that warreth against the soul. Now, when, we, when, when everything seems comfortable, you ever been in a place where you didn't feel comfortable? You ever been, been at someone's residence that you really didn't feel comfortable? You ever been in a crowd of people, not because they were doing anything wrong, but because you just didn't feel at home. You didn't feel comfortable. You felt like I had to be careful where I move. I had to be careful where I step. I have to be careful what I do. I don't want to break anything. Don't want to bump anything. Don't want to make any any uh, scene. Don't want to do anything that would that would be a harm or are a danger. So so that's the way sometimes we should feel and walking in this world. And when we get to the place where we all feel comfortable. And we just feel like we're just part of it. We have failed to be what God wants us to be. There is reasons why. Now let's, let's start out with the wearing of ornamentation. The wearing of jewelry and things. There's reasons why. Not because it just costs too much. But because we don't do it. There is reasons why. We do not do it. There's a purpose for it. There's, there's scripture 
that tells us the importance of abstaining from these things. Now, now in Genesis chapter 35 and verses 1 through 4, the scripture says, And God said unto Jacob, Number one, when you are coming out of this world, there's no way. A lot of people think that, oh, I'll just come to God whenever I get ready. No, you don't come to God whenever you get ready. The Spirit of God has to draw you. And when you come to God just whenever you get ready, that's the reason why you're having so much problem and difficulty and abstaining from worldliness in this world system. Because you said, oh, I'll do it whenever I get ready. But God said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel, and dwell there. Now, Bethel was a type of the house of God. He was calling him from the place that he was to the place that God wanted him to be. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau thy brother. Then Jacob said unto the, his household and to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be ye clean, and change your garments. And arise, and let us go to Bethel, and I will make thee an altar unto God, who answered me in the day of my distresses and was with me in the way which I went. Now this was what God commanded Jacob. It's time to go back to the house of God, the place that you once were. And then Jacob turned and he said, I know that there is some things that is displeasing to God. Number one, we can't have any other gods but the one and true God. So put away your gods that you have. And then you need to clean yourself up. You need to get right. There's some things that needs to change. And then you have got to change your garments. Now a lot of people say, oh, everything they wore back then was just alike. Evidently not. Because you've got to clean yourself up. You've got to put away your false gods. And then you have got to change your garments. And then, and they gave unto Jacob all the strange gods which were in their hands, and all the earrings which were in their ears. And Jacob hid them under the oak which was by Shechem. And we don't find that Jacob ever went back and picked up the things that they took off to get to the house of God, to go up to Bethel. And I tell you today, if we are ever going to be the church that God has called us to be, we have got to get rid of the beggarly elements of this world. We cannot identify with this world. We are a peculiar people. We are supposed to be different because the world is not showing forth the praises of God, but the church is supposed to reflect the praises of God. Amen. We are a reflection of Christ. The scripture says in 1 Timothy chapter 2, in verse number 9, it says, In like manner also the women adorn themselves in modest apparel. Now, the scripture is talking about men and women praying unto God. 
It said the women should pray also like the men, but they should adorn themselves in modest apparel. God is in like manner. He answers women's prayer just like he answers men's prayer. But we must be properly attired in a modest appearance. Now, adornment is simply translated as adorn, to uh, order, to, to arrange, to deck, to establish. And, and uh, this you can find scriptures that, that go along with this. First Timothy that I've read, part of, of this morning, Timothy 2 and 9. Luke 21 and 5, Titus 2, 10, 1 Peter 3 and 5, Revelations 21 and 2, to Matthew 25 and 7, Matthew 12 and 44, Matthew 23 and 29, Luke 11 and 25, Revelations 21 and 19 talks about us adorning ourselves. Modest is simply well-adorned, moderate, regular, or well-behaved. Simply translated as modest. Our apparel is simply our equipment, our dress, our clothing is, is, is what apparel is. Shamefacedness is not, is not looking down all the time and always scared to lift up your head. But it says a sense of honor, regard for others, respect, reverence, self-restraint. Modesty, bashfulness toward men, not being bold or forward, translated here as simply reverence. We are living in a wicked and a perverse generation and society. We are living where, where there is no uh, shamefacedness, that, that people are bold and brash. Nobody pays any attention to who's in the crowd before they start engaging their mouth. And they never engage their brain before they engage their mouth. There is bold and foul talk in the workplace. There is bold and foul talk in the restaurants. There is bold and foul talk anywhere that you go today. But the scripture tells us that we are supposed to respect one another in the fact there is things that you don't say in, in uh, the congregation of men and women together. There is things that we should watch and we should protect ourselves from. I know that they've got songs that talk about lewd and ungodly and lustful living, but God says it's an abomination. God is not pleased with it. And I tell you what, He will never be pleased with it coming into the church of the living God. It's time that we stand up and declare ourselves different. Amen. Amen. People are, are very bold and brash in what they say on the airways. I know things that you would not normally hear. I, I was driving my kids to school and the radio station, the news station there in Beaumont, there is times that I turn the radio off because I am embarrassed about what they are talking about. There has been times that I read the newspaper and I tell my wife, don't show that to the kids. Don't let them see this because we are so open with our sexuality and our, our being. That's what the 
the world promotes. Amen. And I want to tell you, it is time that the church, listen at me, young people. Amen. You need to watch what you say. You need to watch what you dress. You need to watch what you listen at. Amen. And what you are letting drive you and your focus in life because it is displeasing to God. Amen. There is things that should embarrass ladies. Amen. Sobriety. Discretion. Self-control. Temperance. Soberness. Amen. These are things that the Bible teaches us. That we are to conduct ourselves in these matters and in these places. Amen. God wants a lady to be a lady. Don't want them walking around Mr. Macho. I don't care what anybody tells me what to do. Amen. I I know you're just as important as a man. I'm not I'm not telling you that. But you are not a man. And God didn't want you to be a man or He would have created you a man. There are some things that, that you just don't do. It's just not your place. It's not, it's not your calling. It's not what God wants you to do. Amen. God don't want you going out and fighting off the bears that would come in to your home. That, that is the man's job. And some of you men need to stand up and face the adversary that is trying to destroy your home with prayer and say, Devil, I'm going to fight you. But some limp-wristed men say, oh, mama, you go pray. Mama, mama, you do something. Mama, you take care of it. Mama, you correct them. Mama, you tell them what to do. Uh, Amen. But then you want to stand back and stick your chest out like you're some big bad man. You're not a man. You're a wimp. Uh, You need to stand up and be the leader of your house. uh, Faithful to the house of God uh, and committed to the work of God. While I am on this subject, while I am on this subject, never, if you are healthy enough, never should your wife out-worship you, man. Your wife over there shouting, squealing, having a time, and the Lord you over there stood up against the wall like a big old knot on the side of a pine pole. Amen. Like, that's so silly. That's so foolish. Amen. You are the leader. If anybody ought to be teaching your children, it's you step out. This is the way we worship. This is the way we go to the house of God. This is the way we pray. I didn't expect all of you to like it. It's still Bible. You don't get mad at me. Get, get mad at this. You are the leader. But what you want to be the leader is, that woman better not back talk me. She better sit down, shut up, and pay me some attention. You've got it all backwards. You be the leader and she'll sit down and be quiet and give you the attention. That's, that's what she wants. The reason why she's leading is because you want. Give me a good old Pentecostal smile. Thank you. 
Lord, have mercy. That wasn't even in my notes, but that's good anyway. It's still in the book. Hallelujah. Well, my, my wife, you, know, you take the kids on to church. I'm going to stay home tonight. You, uh, you, you show them, you know, now mama, you, you, you go in there and do something about it. You go take care of it. But then, when you get through with that, fix me something to eat. Give me some water. Give me. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Do it. You do this. You do that. You take. I am. I am wearing the breeches in this house. Somebody. Some of you better not say that. You'd wake up in the middle of next week somewhere. God called a woman to be a woman, and a man to be a man. Oh, say, it's so beautiful. Such a, God didn't want no limp-wristed, funny-talking, little sissified, prissing around. Amen. Get up and be a man. Step, go swallow some gravel or something and roughen up your voice. Straighten out your arms. Get something and pull out your wrists where they won't flop over. Amen. Walk like a man. Talk like a man. Be a man. Amen. This is a perverted world, but this is a right book. Oh, it's cute. It's cute. I, I know, I know. I never, I never could understand this. But I know the girls like to hang around the little boys that, you ever notice that, guys? Even, even when I was growing up, oh, they, you know the reason why? But when they get ready to get a boy, they ain't ever looking for that dude. They looking for that one that's got that's the reason why I got married. <laughs> they they look at they, they, they might hang around them so and I know the world society and this system says, oh, you know, just and we've got teachers teaching this garbage in our schools. Oh, you pick, you know, you just pick what you want to be. And if you got that feeling, you just go for it. It's okay. It's not okay. It's a perversion and a stink in the nostrils of God. Amen. God put a man and a woman together, not man and... As the old saying is, he created Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve. It's sick to God. God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah for perversion. And don't you think that he's going to always smile on this place? Oh, don't, I, I, I know, don't say anything about them. Oh, no, I, the reason why I'm preaching about it is I don't want any of those thoughts coming through your boy's head or, or these girls' heads. That, it, it's, oh, it, it, they're not funny if they're, if they're females. I want to tell you it's, it's homosexuality in male or female. I know, I know this world says, oh man, that, that's the thing. Now you got to try it from both directions. I, I want to tell you it's a stink in the nostrils of God. God does not like it and God will never accept it.
The song is, has a line in it I heard that said, I kissed, it's a girl singing it, by the way. And it said, I kissed a girl and I liked it. That's what we have. You say, oh, don't preach like that. Don't, we, don't, we don't want to get too plain. We don't get a, want to get too outspoken. You go look in their vehicle and look what they're listening at. Amen. You check their stations on their dial and see what they're listening at. The devil is pumping this jump into their head. And the preacher's got to stand up. The parents has got to stand up and say, devil, not in this house. There's a reason. Now let me get back back to my notes. There's a reason. <laughs> Just to give y'all y'all some encouragement today. I normally have two pages. This morning I got four pages. But don't worry, I'm not going to try to finish it all today. There there's a reason why we preach and we teach that men should cut their hair and women should not cut their hair. The scripture tells us these reasonings and these these situations. Now it says that that they they um, there was a time in the Bible that 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 uh, let's let's read First Timothy. I didn't finish that scripture. First Timothy two and nine. In like manner, also women adorn themselves in modest apparel with shame faced sobriety, with not not with broaded hair or gold or apparel or costly array. Now, there's a lot of people that, that don't even braid your hair, but if you look, if you look in the scripture and the history of what and history about the scripture and a lot of what the Apostle Paul was telling Timothy here, is it was a time where they would twist or they would plait or they would couple their their hair together with different kinds of jewels and 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 gold and and silver and ribbons and, and all of these these fancy things. There was even one one deal that was a. It, they said it fit. I was reading some of history on this scripture. Said it would fit kind of on their forehead. Now, now people didn't just get crazy. They were crazy in biblical times too. And uh, they it would fit on their forehead, and it had long strings that held down the back of their their legs with tassels on it that would balance it to sit right on their forehead, like a big old cone, like a unicorn. And and uh, then there was strings that would tie it around their head to keep it, and it would just kind of balance itself there. And they had their hair all uh, woven and intertwined with gold, and these things were to catch people's attention and to uh, attract people to their decorations. And I, I tell you, I'm I'm not necessarily against braiding your hair, but when you start putting ribbons and, and, and gold and strings and, and all of these things in your hair, and, and I'm not against bows, but some of this stuff where it looks like a peacock got caught up in your hair, I don't think that's pleasing to God. Amen. Watch what you do. Pay attention to what is going on and, and what is taking place. What am I trying to attract here? What what am I trying to do? What am I trying to to establish in my life? What 
message am I giving out? It's not, it's all about me. Look at me. I'm so far out. I'm so wild. I'm so far-fetched. And everybody's attention on me. There is people that can walk into a building and immediately everybody's eyes go right to them. Wow. Some of them's wow and some of them, my word. Some of them like, where'd you get that? Some of them, I don't want that. Some of them, oh, I'd love to have that. And so, so this is a way that it was going on. It was, it was decoration. And then there was costly array. It's simply extravagant in ornaments and costly garments that Paul rebukes. And, and then, in fact, the passage is not condemning any one style. And I don't think all styles is wrong. There's a lot of them that's wrong. But ornaments and and uh, garments, but demanding moderation in dress and behavior in general as women professing godliness and men professing godliness. When either men or women live, they should dress according to the word of God and pleasing to God. And then there is a reason, young ladies and young and elderly ladies and, and all middle-aged ladies, that, that we do not wear and we preach against makeup. And not only, excuse me, let me say, not only women, but men. What kind of crazy world are we living in? Men with eyeshadow on. Men arching their eyebrows. Couldn't you see me? Look like somebody done surprise me. Take them off of where they belong and put them up there on your forehead. God knows where they belong. Woo! Praise God. That's good preaching. That's the truth. That's more like we used to hear and not this modern day stuff. I guess I told you I'm getting older. But but men doing goofy things. Now, I'm not... Okay, now. <laughs> Be careful. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is wrong. But I just don't have time to go have a pedicure and a manicure. I just don't have time. Some people's got so much time on their on their hands that they do crazy things with their bodies. I just some people just use their teeth to clean them. Crazy things, and that's that's the reason why I see things get out of hand in first in Second Kings. Now, now listen when you look at at the Biblical standpoints of of painting your face, you're always going to get considered with a heart. That's who did it in biblical times. Wearing of makeup. It says in first in Second Kings chapter nine and verse thirty. It says, and when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tied her hair. She had one of the big old things. And looked out the window. What she was trying to do was use her beauty to seduce Jehu. He was a man that God had sent to destroy 
the evil reign of the king, Ahab. But she said, oh, I've seduced Ahab. I seduced everybody else that I come in contact with and I, I paint myself up. Now, now this is what they used in now, some of this modern stuff is not much better. It was ancient custom to color the eyelids, eyebrows, and lashes with black powder called coal. It was made from burning a kind of frankincense and the shells of almonds. And mix it all up. Put some of that black stuff in there. Put it on them, them eye. Them eyelashes about that long fluttered. Seducing spirits. And they they would they would take in in uh, <clears throat> this was for ornamental purposes only. Whereas there was another kind that was for medical purpose as also for beauty. In this use, they, they used a type of uh, uh, darkened um, edges, and they would darken the edges of the eyelids, both above and below, in color. And this was a contrast that made the white of the eyes look larger. Now, why would you want your eyes to look larger? The big blue eyes or big brown eyes to try to attract the opposite sex. That's what it's all about. And apply it to the eyelids. And then they, they, they would do this. Now this is, in, this is in a time when this scripture was written. They would do this and, and we also can find this in Proverbs chapter 6 verses 25, Jeremiah 4 and 30, Ezekiel 23 and 40. Proverbs, now, now in Proverbs 6 and 24 and 26 we find the scripture that says to keep thee from the evil woman. Listen to me, young men. Listen at very close to this, young men. Middle-aged men. Elderly men. Keep thee from the evil woman from, from the flattery of the tongue of a strange woman. Lust not after her beauty in thine heart. Neither let her take thee with her eyelids. For by means of a whorish woman, a man is brought to a piece of bread, and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. When she's fluttering in my eye, oh, but they look good. Oh, she's so attractive. She's so pretty. Oh, I just... Now... Now let me ask you, ladies, where where do you want to fit in the mix? You say, and I'm not saying everyone that wears makeup is the a lady of the night. That's not what I'm insinuating at all. But I'm saying this is where it originated from. The 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 ladies of after God's own heart and what God wanted did not dress and did not act and did not have this attire, but we find that Jezebel painted herself up to make herself attractive to Jehu. And when Jehu got up there, he said, Who is on my side? And there was some eunuchs up there that had no interest in Jezebel. We are. 
and they took her and threw her over the windowsill. This was an evil woman. Now the dogs came and they ate everything but her face and the palms of her hands. Now, I know that a lot of people say that's because of all the powder and the makeup she had on. I'm, I'm not sure about that, but it's a pretty good, pretty good reason. And so, these are the reasonings behind what we teach and what we preach. It's not just something that we dreamed up. It's not just something that we come up with. You are a woman. You are a man professing godliness. You are a reflection of Jesus Christ. You are his bride. You are his bride. And he wants you to be a bride that he can look at and go, I, I always like, I can remember the day I was standing in the front of the, the gym over there and that uh, man, she come walking through that back door. My heart started doing didos and flips. Little butterflies started flying through my head. All kinds of things. That's about all I remember of the whole thing. And I, I look at these guys and they standing up here all nervous. Man, when that bride steps through that door, all nervousness and all doubt is gone. It's like, wow. And that's the way God looks at us. It's like when he looks at us, he wants to look at us as his bride coming through the door. And he says, wow. They don't need anything to paint them up. They don't need any ornamentation on them. They don't need anything to make them look better. They are beautiful just the way they are. Just the way God created them. Be happy with the way that God created you. I know I'm running out of time. Give me a few more minutes. There's a reason why we talked about this uh, Wednesday night. There's a reason why the ladies, we teach against ladies wearing pants and men wearing dresses. There's a reason why we do that. There's a reason why we teach against tight-fitting clothing and splits, split clothing. And there's a reason why we teach against short sleeves. Now, I know this is, this is a, this is kind of all I, I had one person to ask me one time, is this, is this heaven and this hell? My answer to that is absolutely not. But up here is, And it's the attitude, the reason why. What the the way that I look at it, if we keep it down below this joint right here, we got room to slide a little bit. If we get it up here, it's going to be cap sleeve. It's going to be no sleeve. And I encourage you, parents, start teaching your children this at an early age. That went over like a lead balloon, but it's still the truth. And and I, I, I was thinking about this, and I, as I was getting ready to teach on holiness uh, for the past few months, I've been going over this and and really questioning myself and getting more direction. I I, I don't think there's any question about what I believe, you know, but I, I always want to question myself: why and how come and what for? Give me scriptures, give me reasons, give me give me uh, biblical applications to what we're doing and why we're doing it. I. I want to know myself where I can help you understand what God would be trying to tell us. And I, I was thinking about this thing of short sleeves. And this is what come to my mind. We spend so much emphasis on women 
Women, you can't go anywhere and blend in. No matter where you go, you are different. And I like that. That's what it's all about. But me, as a man, I can put on a pair of blue jeans and I can put on a t-shirt and I can go out and I can fit in in any environment. And I can walk around and nobody know what I am. Now, I can move those sleeves down about a foot and I change my whole appearance of what I am and what I believe and how I live. It just changed. Twelve inches changed a lot. And we, oh man, it don't, it don't, you know, it ain't no big deal. Nobody's going to be lusting at my elbow. I'm sure they're not. But it's all about, I'm making a difference. I'm making a stand. You'd have, some of you men would have a, have a conniption fit, whatever that is. It's a bad one. I've seen my daddy have a few. <laughs> a conniption fit if your wife come out with her sleeves up to right here. But you don't think nothing about it, slipping on a t-shirt and going out to town. Shame on you. I want her to stand out. I want her to be different. I want her to look the part, but, but I just, it ain't going to hurt what I do. Nobody. When God looks at you, I believe He wants to be able to pick you out in the crowd. That's one. That's one. That's one. Something, something happened these past couple of weeks, and, and I was talking to somebody, and they said somebody called and wanted to know how many Pentecostals was involved in that. I said, send them a text back and tell them we would tell you how many Episcopalians, how many Baptists, how many Trinitarians, how many, how many Methodists, and how many all of these Catholics were involved, but we couldn't tell them from the rank centers. I know that's cruel and that's hard, but that's, they, they want to, oh, how many Pentecostals was there? How, the reason why is you look different, and everybody can tell it, and God wants you that way. And God loves it when you're that way. God desires you to be that way. And I am thankful that God has called me out of a world of sin not to throw me right back in it and say, look like you want to look, act like you want to act, dress like you want to dress, go where you want to go. But God called me out. God cleaned me up. God changed my life. God changed my direction. God gave me something that is real. That's the reason why God, in His Word, said it is an abomination for a woman to put on that that pertaineth to a man. And also an abomination unto God for a man to put on that which pertaineth to a woman. And then it tells us in Revelation chapter 21 and verse 27, And there shall be a wise enter into it any that defileth Neither whosoever worketh an abomination. Where are they not going to enter? They're not going to enter into heaven. He that defileth himself or worketh an abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. 
That's the only ones that's going to get there. That's the only ones that's going to make it. You're committing abominations unto God. You're not going. It's not going to happen. We're all not on a different road going to wind up at the same place. But you're going to have to get on the right road and live the right, holy, dedicated life. So there's reasons why women don't cut their hair. There's reasons why men cut their hair. And it's the same way the Bible does not actually say for a man not to grow a beard. But it's an identification of what you want to identify with. And I believe that God wants us to identify with Him. We are a reflection of Jesus Christ. We are not the Son, but we are a reflection of the Son. And when people look at us, they should see something that is different, something that is real, something that is genuine. So I encourage you. Not only, not only live the part, but know the part. Know the reason why, the outcome, and what's Let's all stand. Being peculiar. And don't ever let, I've got a lot more. I would tell you I'm going to finish it tonight, but you might not come, so I'm not going to tell you that. Why? Parents, your children are going to want to know. They deserve to know why. Saints are going to want to know. It's not just because I said so. The standard that I preach over this pulpit is the bare minimum. That's the fence. If you get on the other side of the fence, you're just totally lost. That's the fence. Quit walking the fence line. Get in the middle of the pasture. Walk in the fence lines where all the traffic is. There's no grass going to grow in the middle of the street. Get in the middle of the pasture. You say, oh, the grass is greener on the other side. Yeah, it's greener right on the other side because everybody's out in the middle of that sinful place. But you get back in the middle of the pasture of God and there's grass everywhere. There's plenty to eat in the house of God. Don't feel sorry for me because I am a peculiar person. I'm glad to be different. I'm not different because somebody makes me be different, but I'm different because I've come in contact with the Holy God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Why don't somebody praise Him right now? Why don't somebody give Him glory right now? Hallelujah. Oh. Can't you see I'm a new man? Don't you know I got a new oh, name? Hallelujah! I live in that new place. Thank God I moved out to a brand new life. 
you've been changed and you're glad you've been changed. Why don't you step out from behind your feet? Lift your hands toward heaven and give God some praise. Thank you for your changing power. Thank you for your changing power, God. You didn't leave me the way that you found me. I've got a new walk. I've got a new Hallelujah. I've got a new life. Oh, I walk different, I live right, I talk right, thank God I moved out to a brand new life. Oh, I love you, Jesus. Can't you see I'm a new man? Don't thank you know you, I got a new name? Thank you, One day I'll live in that thank new you, place. Thank God I moved out. To a brand new life. Can't you see I'm a new man? Don't you know I got a new name? One day I'll live in that new place. Thank God I moved out to a brand new life.